you an event planner or organizer looking for a keynote speaker with a fresh new perspective that packs a serious punch? Someone who captivates your audience and inspires them to create lasting changes in their lives. Someone who has a compelling story to share that will leave your audience believing in themselves like they've never done before. I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake, author of The Million Dollar Bakery, host of this podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk, and I am your girl. To book me as a speaker for your next event, go to RebeccaHamiltonCo.com. Hey, I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake. Thanks for joining me on my Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, where I'll be sharing all my best life and business tips and tricks on how I've created the life of my dreams and how you can too. I'm a no-nonsense, full disclosure, sweet talk scrapping woman entrepreneur who believes in taking charge of your life and ridding yourself of all the excuses that are holding you back. This is a really exciting time for my podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk, because it is my first podcast series and really the first time I've opened up my podcast to have guests on my show. I was inspired by International Women's Day and I felt like I was called to do this series from God or the universe. I just felt like he brought these amazing women into my life and gave me a platform to allow me the opportunity to share their stories with women all over the world. I'm blessed to be surrounded by these incredible women and it would be extremely selfish if I kept them and their stories all to myself. So I'm really excited to share them with you guys. They are filled with life lessons and valuable tips and advice on how to overcome the toughest challenges that life has thrown our way. You guys, like you guys though, you guys are in for a serious treat with this series. So be sure to subscribe so that you get notified when a new episode launches. And please leave me a review on my podcast to show your love and support. I would be so grateful. So on this episode of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, we're going to be talking to Lisa. And so she is from Tenfold Properties. And you may know her from her previous business, which was Baby Octopi. And she is just an amazing woman and entrepreneur. And so I'm really excited to have her on the show and share her thoughts with us. She's a very intelligent woman. And I know she's going to share a lot of really great information with our listeners. And so I'm grateful to know her personally. And she's part of my women's networking group. So I've had the pleasure of getting to know her for like the last two years or so. 
and it's been amazing. So welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So yeah, so your new um, business venture is Tenfold Properties, right? Yes. And do you want to explain kind of what you guys do with that? Yeah, absolutely. So my husband and I run Tenfold Properties together. Um, We are a real estate media company. So we work with realtors and homeowners in the St. Thomas, London, Elmer and surrounding area, doing all of their media for all of their listings. You guys know the real estate uh, market is crazy right now. So it's super fast paced and um, always tight deadlines and always lots of people to work with. So we do like videography, photography, drone footage, eye guide, kind of everything that realtors need to really showcase their listings in the best possible way. That's amazing. And yeah, if you guys go and check out their Instagram page, um, what is it, Lisa? Temple Properties. Okay. So go check out their Facebook page. Their stuff looks amazing. They're clearly super talented. So you'll want to go give them a follow. Let's talk about a time in your life because this is the main point of uh, that I wanted to highlight for International Women's Day is how we have gone through significant challenges in our life and how we have overcome them. Because I believe that sharing our stories of challenges really is what connects us as humans and helps us to grow through things, knowing that we're not alone in our struggles and challenges. So Lisa, can you tell me a time in your life where you faced a significant challenge? Yeah, absolutely. There's actually so many that I could talk about. I feel like Um, the same. I I really want to tell you about um, kind of something we went through really recently, about a year ago. Um, So at that point in my life was when I was running Baby Octopi. I was doing the brunt of the work for Baby Octopi. And I was also mom to three kids, which I still am. Um, And at that point, schools were kind of in and out. Kids were home sometimes. Kids were in school sometimes. It was a bit crazy. And I had a lot going on in my personal life, a lot going on in my relationships and a lot going on with baby octopi that I was like kind of trying to fix and trying to pivot and trying to figure out. Just and tell the reason- listeners what baby octopi is. It's or yeah. Was. So yeah. baby octopi was the business that, that we ran prior to Tenfold Property. And it was a crochet octopus that we designed and handmade along with my team um, designed to bring comfort to babies. So it was a business that we had run for three years and we had done really well and it had grown quite significantly and we were in stores all over the world and we were um, running the business through e-commerce, mostly online. So it was, yeah, so Baby Octopi was selling that product. Amazing. Yeah. And you guys yeah. like I, I didn't I, I don't know if I didn't know this, but or I forgot, but you, I didn't know that you were in business for three years and like to to grow it to that degree where you were in all of these stores and stuff like that is like a major accomplishment. Like that is such yeah. a cool thing, right? It, so, it was huge from when started what started with me like crocheting octopus in my living room to this team of like <laughs> 10 women that were making the octopus for us and um and the sales and the reach we were able to have was really really cool that's so, amazing anyway, so yeah go back to your challenge <laughs> the transition there we <laughs> uh, to the challenge yeah. um so i had reached a point in my life where i was doing so many different things i was being pulled in a million different directions so at that point i was doing all of these things, but not really doing any of them well, including baby octopi. I wasn't reaching the potential that I could. 
I couldn't give it the time and energy that it needed by the time it got to that point. And I was just really, really struggling. So I was feeling like, like I wanted I wanted Baby Octopi to grow. I wanted to do more. But then I had my kids that all of a sudden were home with me and a lot of other things going on. And um, so I started to like try to do more things. I'm like, okay, well, we'll bring in new products and that'll answer the problem. And we'll hire more people and we'll, um, and we'll do this and we'll do this. And I started like grasping at straws almost trying to like do all the things. And I'm a bit of a fixer. So when there was a problem or when things in my life felt a little out of control, I was like, okay, and now we'll do this. And now we'll do this. And I was pulling in all of these things into my life that were just muddying the waters and making this big mess. Um, so I got to a point basically where I had so much going on in my life that I couldn't do anything well. Um, and I was struggling in all areas and was running in circles and going and going and going, but not getting anywhere. So it felt a little bit like being lost in the wilderness or being lost in the forest. And like, I have a terrible sense of direction. And so that feeling is not new to me of not knowing where I'm going or where I am. I'm very familiar with that. And it felt just as awful. So I I got to the point where I kind of just wanted to give up everything um, because I wasn't doing anything well. Nothing was getting where I needed it to be. And I kind of just wanted to like curl up in a ball and just wait for someone to rescue me. Same as if I had been lost in the woods. I just kind of yeah. wanted to give up and like, okay, but nothing is working. I'm going to just stop doing anything and just kind of have like a pity party and just curl up in a ball and like that makes someone sense. do you do you feel like was it something that you felt you were out of alignment with or did you feel like you lost the passion for it or do you think that covid had an impact in the fact that now your kids had to be home and like what was the what was the underlying thing that you realized that really made you kind of have that epiphany or wake up call to be like this is not really what I want to do. Yeah, I think I think what happened for us was my my children had a huge part to play with it and COVID highlighted that, but that was there kind of beforehand. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I worked closely together, but I was the primary business owner. I was the primary visionary. I was running Baby Octopi and he was kind of doing what I needed him to do mm-hmm. um, to help me. But I was the primary business owner and I was also the primary caregiver because my husband still had a nine to five job at that time. And I know I know a lot of women are in the same boat where you are the primary caregiver for your children. So anything else kind of um, it's hard to also be the primary of anything else. So I reached a point where I we had to shift our whole business. We ended up closing Baby Octopi and opening Tenfold um, because I needed a business where Eric and I could partner more evenly, um, where I wasn't the primary for both things, but where we could be 50-50 in the business and 50-50 in the parenting rather than me being 100 in the business and 100 in the parenting because he was committed to his nine to five job. Yeah, that's that's actually a really awesome way to put it. And like, I mean, I feel like a lot of listeners will be able to relate to that feeling because I, yeah, like you're saying, I can't imagine trying to put a hundred percent in a business and then also a hundred percent to your family at home. Like that doesn't even add up like numbers wise, yeah, right? It's so, and then, yeah, if you think about it, um, what does add up is doing, you know, 50% for your kids 
and then 50% for your business, which doesn't really leave you feeling that fulfilled or great because you're kind of doing both kind of half, right? So Mm -hmm. I can totally appreciate that the struggle would be real with that. And also um, just to be able to like come together in a a new business where you can be 50-50 and both share the, the workload. It also must feel, you must feel a sense of like, like it doesn't like weigh on you only. And it's kind of like evenly dispersed because I remember feeling that way when we first started our bakery business. And I I felt because Chad had worked full time at TD and I was doing the bakery business. And I just felt like so much pressure um, because I felt like everything was on my shoulders and everything was like, just, I don't know, like, and I didn't feel like because his work was elsewhere. And then all of a sudden when he came to join the team, then it was 50, 50. And I felt like the responsibility, because that's a really heavy thing that I feel like weighs. If you're just one person doing a business, you need to have somebody else that has equal skin in the game and cares just as much about the business so that you don't like, you're not weighing yourself down and you can share the, you know, the crappy parts of the business together. You can share the highlights together. but you're sharing the workload. And like you said, and then you're also sharing your, your balance between your kids as well. So I think that that's really an amazing balance that you realized. And I think it's really cool because I remember the moment when you came to our networking meeting and you told us that that's what you were going to do, which was really inspiring because people don't, people think that they're just trapped in what they've already started or what they've decided to do. And so can you just take me back to the time, like where you had to make that decision of closing down this, this baby octopi business that was like really successful at the time and Mm -hmm. deciding to make that change. Cause I feel like that would be like a really, really hard, like kind of gut wrenching dark time, you know? that it was so difficult. It was one of the most difficult times of my life. And a lot of it was because um, of my pride. And Mm -hmm. I had felt like I had this vision when we started Baby Octopi of like, we're going to have how things were going to go. And at some point, Eric was going to quit his um, day job and work full time with me on Baby Octopi. And um, and then we'd be able to to balance it out. And then it would work. And I had all these like, like I said, I was trying to fix it. Like if like Mm -hmm. we've been did so much already. And if I just do this, like, then that'll be the answer. And if I just do this, like, if we just hold out for another season or another six months, or we just try this, like, then it's going to be good. Um, so I kind of had to let go of all those hopes of like, what if we do this, then it's good of like the potential almost. Um, yeah. I had to, I had to let go of that. And there was a little bit of like grieving and, um, a little bit of, like feeling like a failure, actually a lot of feeling like a failure um, mm-hmm. because what I had, the plan I had in my head wasn't going how I thought it would. Um, and Baby Octopi was our first taste at entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So I had all these ideals of how things were going to come together and um, how it was going to work. And as Can you anyone tell me what some of those ideals are? Because I just love talking about that too. <laughs> like, what, what did you think it would be like? <laughs> yeah, well... I had this vision of like this well-oiled machine of how everything would operate. And I would be able to just like relax and um, travel and do all these things that I wanted to do because the systems were going to be so well running and everything would be in place. And um, 
So then I had this beautiful team of like 10 amazing women that were crocheting the octopus. And I just thought like, it's so great. This is going to be like this beautiful team. But then I dealt with a lot of like um, having to give constructive criticism to the team, um, which was really uncomfortable for me because I hate conflict um, and a lot of like picking up and dropping off and um, trying to source more materials. And I couldn't like because of COVID, there were supply chain issues. So I couldn't get the materials I needed. So then I'm spending like, I spent a day driving around to like Kitchener and Brantford and Hamilton and all these places, like buying out all their stores of their yarn. Wow. And, and that was just stuff that I hadn't envisioned as a business owner. I had thought like, I'll order my supplies and then the girls will make them and we'll ship them and it'll be so beautiful. But like, um, yeah, trying don't to you think like, was, I love talking about the ideals because I mean, I like, I don't think anybody would ever get into business if they had like a really clear <laughs> picture of what the hell it was going to be like. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting though, because as like you were saying, like entrepreneurs at heart, which you and your husband obviously are, it's like, even though you know now kind of what the struggles of running a business are like, you still like need to be an entrepreneur because it's just like who you are at your core. And you just wouldn't feel the sense of satisfaction by just working for someone else. Right. And that's, that's how you know that you're on the right path of entrepreneurship. It's just finding the right, you know, business that, that you love to do and stuff. And I really feel like, you know, it's, it's what you guys are doing now with the tenfold properties because you guys just look like you're having so much fun and it's going so well. So it's amazing. Yeah. So for sure, like tenfold properties has been like a gift from God, the way that that all just came to be. Um, and like every other business, there's visions and things that how we thought it would play out that have changed and that we've had to adjust it to. But but can I tell you about how kind of we got from yeah, where so we were? Tell me how you from. actually made the change and how, what that was like for you. Yeah. yeah. So once we, so once we had kind of made the final decision and actually there was a few things that happened um, all in a row that we were like, okay, I've, I'm okay with closing down baby Octopi now. And one of them was um, the, uh, so our taxes, we were doing taxes around that time and we ended up owing a ton more money to the government than what we anticipated. Um, so for us, that was like, that just made our profit like even smaller. And I was like, okay, if we were holding on to like anything, it's gone now. Mm -hmm. um, and then also we had, we were in, um, we had been selected as a finalist for this competition where we had a chance to win all this money and all this business help. And I was like holding on to that. And then COVID happened and that ended up getting canceled. And so I was like, okay, I was kind of holding out for like that help, but that's not coming anymore. So we can shut that down. So those were two of the big things actually that kind of made it like, okay, this is like kind of a sign that things are not falling apart. Oh, and insurance was the other one. We got, we were renewing our insurance and that skyrocketed again. And oh, yeah. um, so we were like, this just really, the numbers just don't make sense anymore financially um, after that situation. Mm -hmm. So, so once I had come to terms with like mourning what I thought this was going to be, um, and then also like getting past my like feelings of failure and like being ready to move on to what was next. Um, and then those three things happened. We were like, okay, now that's kind of a sign within a month. We were like, okay, this is it. We need to be done now. And I felt okay about it. So we, 
Close Baby Octopi. Um, and like I received so much love and support and everyone like bought out all the inventory that we had and um, so much encouragement and so many people that I'm a bit of a people pleaser. So hearing mm-hmm. people say that like, oh no, we're going to miss you. Like you're my go-to baby gift. What am I going to do? That was hard for me. I wanted to be like, okay, I'll still like keep doing them for you. But um, just the encouragement and support left me in a really like positive place and like a Okay, what's next? So we closed that door. And then what Eric and I did, which was really life changing for us, we sat down and we had always kind of made like goals and we knew where we wanted to go. But we sat down and wrote down our like dream life. Like this is the direction we're headed. And we let ourselves dream a little bit about things that seemed like impossible or like unrealistic and said like, if money wasn't an option, if time wasn't an option, like what would our life look like? And we wrote those things down. Um, and then we also made another list of the things that we were giving our time and energy and money to. And mm, um, so we took amazing. our list of, we took a list of what was absorbing all of our resources. And when we looked at it, we made two columns, the ones, the things that we were doing that were moving us toward the life of our dreams and the things we were doing that weren't. And at that time in our life, a lot of the things that we were doing were not moving us closer to our goals and our dreams. And that was because we had just kind of like, yeah, we'll do this and we'll do this and we'll do this. And we had filled our schedules with just stuff. Um, so we made that list. And over the next six months, we eliminated everything on the list that was not moving us closer to our dream life. And that was painful. Like there was parts of that, that like my pride took a hit where I had to give up things that I was like holding on to. And we ended relationships that were really unhealthy. Um, We pulled our kids out of the public school system. Like we did all of these things that all of these things that we were doing that were not in line with our dream life. So we had about six months of like painful, like eliminating different parts of our life. And what we were left with was space in our minds and our schedules. And um, so we had a bit of space and then the things we were doing, we loved doing and we could really, really pour into them. Um, So at that point, once we had some space in our life, I was focusing on the kids. My husband was still working his nine to five. We knew we wanted to move towards entrepreneurship. And so we had some space in our life and the opportunity came up to do a real estate photo shoot. And and my husband is a talented photographer, videographer. He excels in that area. Um, But we had never really considered real estate photography as an option. So we had an opportunity to do a real estate photo shoot. And we were like, I don't know, like we don't really have the right equipment for that. That's not really our specialty. That's not really like our love. So Eric's like, well, we'll do it. Like, I'll do it anyways. And I have time. I'll do it. So he went and did the photo shoot with his iPhone. Like he shot our first shoot on his iPhone. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, I love that. (laughs) Which is ridiculous because we didn't have the like cameras that you would need for that. And, Mm -hmm. um, And at the end of it, Eric had this like amazing video that I was like, you shot that on your iPhone. Like imagine what we could do if we ran with this. Yeah. We had already been looking into real estate investing. So real estate was already something that was in our list of things that were working in our list of like our passions as well as photography. So after that, we were like, okay, let's like, this is a perfect fit. And that, that particular realtor that um, we did that shoot for, he, was connected to us through a friend and he has turned into like a mentor for us through this whole process. And 
he has given us a ton of business and hires Eric for all of his work and seeing how he's improved from like that iPhone video to where we are now. Well, that's Um, amazing. Feel free to give him a shout out. Yeah. So that's Johnny Friesen, who has been like so impactful and he works quite a lot in the Elmer area. Um, But he kind of took us under our wing and he happens to be a real estate investor as well. So which we it was something that we were interested in. So he has mentored us in like real estate, investing, photography, and has like really kind of helped our business grow quickly over the last year. So we had the opportunity to work with him. And then after that one photo shoot, we were like, okay, this is it. It was just kind of like this gift that fell into our lap that was like, this is so perfect because it really allowed us both to utilize our skills mm-hmm. and our giftings where Eric is a gifted photographer, videographer, and I'm gifted in like the admin, social media, um, customer service, all of the kind of behind the scenes stuff. So really it became that 50-50 like partnership that we had always been looking for. So at that point, we bought all of the equipment that we needed in order to do this like excellently and just through like word of mouth and through um, the amazing realtors that like refer us and share our business with their colleagues. We've been able to grow. And so just a few months after that, we started, um, Eric was matching his income from his nine to five. And then a few months later, we were exceeding it. So it wasn't long after that, that Eric was able to quit his nine to five job, which was really the goal for us. Like all the years that we did Baby Octopi, And then through the time when we were starting Temple Properties, the goal was for us to be fully self-reliant, full-time entrepreneurs working together, 50-50 on entrepreneurship and 50-50 on um, parenting and life. So it has only been in the last few months that we have been full-time entrepreneurs. And to say it has been like everything that we've ever dreamed of, I know we're maybe still in like this honeymoon phase of how incredible this is, but it has been life-changing for us. And to think that that happened, like this was in May that we started doing this. So to think that that happened in like less than a year, we met this goal that I had been like like, trying to figure out for like three or four years prior, but couldn't (laughs) quite get there. Just shows how like putting your time and energy into the right things is 100%. 100%. Um, Because I was putting all of this energy into the wrong things and getting nowhere. But then when we honed in on what we were passionate about and what we were good at and what was going to work for our family and put all of our time and energy into that, like we so quickly met our goals and, um, and have been able to kind of build this life that, that we always wanted. That's absolutely incredible. I don't even know where to start with this whole story. (laughs) So cool. I love it so much. It's so great. And so when he did that, the first like iPhone video, was that like, yeah. had you already, did you close your baby Octopi business and then you didn't know what to do? Or did you keep it until you decided you were going to jump like straight from baby Octopi straight to that? Or was there like a gap of time between there? Yeah, it's actually crazy because we had closed Baby Octopi. We were kind of like in limbo of like, so we closed Baby Octopi. We That was when we had kind of like eliminated a lot of things from our life and our schedule. So we were in limbo and we had like, honestly, maybe a few weeks where we were doing nothing before that opportunity came to us. Um, that and is I like think so I really, amazing. Like that I you really just you believe, quit it. Yeah. And I really believe that if we had of been holding on to baby octopi we that opportunity would have came and went and we wouldn't have even looked at it because we wouldn't have had the space yeah we wouldn't have had the time physically for eric to go and do the photo shoot and it was only because we had eliminated the things that weren't working and that we had space in our minds to like bring in the thing that was going to change our lives 
That is so cool. And I love your, um, I love how you came to the process. First of all, I love that you made the decision that baby octopi was not working for you, um, for all of those reasons. And you, you didn't wait until you knew what else to do. You just knew that that wasn't the right option. So you stopped it and you didn't know what you were going to do from there because that is a very hard decision to make, right? Like it's different if you know that, yeah, I'm going to make a safe jump from this business to that business. But for you to just be like, nope, this is not fulfilling me. This is not where I want to go. I'm quitting this now, making space in my life. And then that opportunity comes to you in like two weeks time is like, that is the like, God and the universe coming together and just being like, yeah, this is the right path now for you. And it, you don't need much more of a clear sign than that. Right. And and then the fact that it's going well and you guys are loving it. Yeah, it was absolutely, the timing was unbelievable how it all came to be. And we are fairly like risk adverse. Like we don't take big risks. Um, and, and we're very safe and we're very careful. So so yeah, that shows I kind of, I guess that kind of shows like just how, I want to say desperate we were to like mm-hmm. stop doing the things that were not working. Like yeah. how much we got to the point where we were like, this isn't working. This isn't working. We need to walk away from it. And like, I think that's the opposite of what I've always done because I've always, like I was saying, like I, I would try to do more when things weren't mm-hmm. working. I'm like, let's do this and let's do this. And, and when we did the opposite where we were like, okay, things aren't working. Let's stop doing this and stop doing this. That was really where, where change happened. Yeah. And that's so amazing. And so like, how, how would you say that you overcame that challenge? Like, what did you, um, what did you do to talk yourself through that transition, knowing that you didn't have like a job or a business waiting for you? Was it just your, um, I mean, because I know you, I know that you're religious. So was it just your belief in God, like that you just kind of were like, here I am. I know this is not fulfilling and kind of just trusting that God would put something into your life that would bring joy and meaning to you or like, what was it? Yeah, that's a great question. So our faith in God is kind of behind like every decision that we make. Um, So absolutely. We know that God will take care of us. We also, we weren't going to just like, we were, we, we were safe and careful and, and we made responsible, wise decisions. Um, but we've always known that like God will take care of us. And when we see things happening, like the signs that we knew it was time to close baby octopi and, and we just are, we try to be really just in tune with what God is telling us and where he's leading our family. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, once we knew that, like, this is not what we're supposed to be doing right now, then we knew that like, let's, see what we're supposed to be doing. Let's see what's next. Yeah. And we've experienced that, like we've experienced that our whole lives, Eric and I, through our marriage, like that things have just always worked out. Like we feel like we've always had God's hand over us. And um, mm-hmm. just when we screw it up or when we do the wrong thing in our humanness and yeah. make mistakes, um, it, there's always a way out and there's always a path. And we've always been like protected and we've always had everything that we need. And so I think, yeah, just kind of leaning into that absolutely was like, 
super, super um, impactful for making that decision. Yeah. And I think that that is something that I don't think that people talk about this enough and whether or not, you know, like the listeners are religious or not, like whether you believe in God or the universe or whatever it is, like having a belief in something that is so much bigger than yourself is so powerful. And just trusting that it knows better than you know. And um, even though you're going to go through hard times, because I use the exact same like thought process. I'm like myself, like you said, in all of those situations that are like so crappy. And I'm just like, there is an underlying thing here, an underlying lesson that I need to figure out if I want these crappy situations to stop happening. Like I literally always think that I'm like, God's trying to open my eyes to something that I'm not aware of by placing all of these challenges in my life. And so I really do try to unpack that and kind of follow the path, like you were saying, um, in whatever direction. I'm like, it's not supposed to go in this direction. So let's go over here. Opening up space in your life, like you were talking about, really allows all of the noise and other people's opinions and your insecurities to like kind of silence themselves and allow you to see those signs even clearer, especially when God is putting um, better things in your path. Because if you're so busy, like you were saying, you you don't even notice them. Like there, there are signs still there, but you just don't, you're not even aware of them, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's key what you said about like having some silence and having some space so that you actually can hear from God to know kind of what's next because it's easy to fill that space with like podcasts or shows or like trying to do like trying to fill your brain with social media or whatever it may be. Um, But that, yeah, that was absolutely key for us having space in our schedules, in our minds. And just to be able to like, yeah, hear from God, like, okay, what's next for us? And honestly, like the opportunity to start tenfold and um, working with Johnny was just like a gift from God that was just like dropped into our laps. Like, okay, now do this. And we're like, okay, now we'll do that. And I know it doesn't happen that way for everyone, but we, yeah, we just absolutely feel like that was. But it could happen for everyone if they were able to trust in something greater than themselves. One of my favorite books that I loved was from Gabby Bernstein that the universe has your back. It's the same thing like with using God as an example. God has your back. He does not want you Mm -hmm. to like, he's trying to redirect you if you're going in the wrong direction. And it's up to you not to choose the direction, but to tune into the signs. So I think that, you know, if more people could just trust in that and to pay more attention to the signs instead of trying to, you know, forge their own path that is not the path for them, because they're going to feel so much resistance from that, right? And it's going to be a struggle constantly. And I don't think life is meant to be that big of a struggle. So I mean, obviously hard stuff happens. But like, I don't think it's supposed to be as hard as people, you know, make it out to be right. If they just trust in something better than than they are. Right. Absolutely. I love that. I think you're absolutely hit the nail on the head with that. I love it. Amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So what does International Women's Day mean to you? Yeah. So International Women's Day to me 
just means celebrating who God made me to be. And I live, like I said, with my husband and three sons. So I know very well that there is something so unique that only a woman can bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Um, And whether that be in your family or your business or your relationships, I think just the minds and bodies and hearts of women are so beautiful. And that is something that we just need to cherish and celebrate and and bring that to the table, like with every fiber fiber of our being, um, bring that unique womanness with you wherever you go. I love that so much. That's such a great uh, perspective on that. It's it's so true. There, there are just situations that women can handle completely different and add, you know, value to that situation in different ways that men can. It's just a fact and vice versa too. Um, yeah. Yeah. You said it perfectly. Like that's, that's amazing. I love that. And so what is a common misconception that maybe you have had of women that, you know, growing up and stuff. I mean, it's hard growing up like as a teenager because you have all these emotions and, you know, people like you're, you're learning kind of how to be a woman. And I feel like in school and stuff, it's hard when people talk behind each other's backs and stuff like that. So, so what's a common misconception that you've had of other women? Yeah. So for me, especially being a woman in business, um, I have had this idea or misconception conception through the years that when I look at women who are successful, um, that they have something I don't, that Mm -hmm. they, that they are successful because they, um, maybe they had money growing up or Mm -hmm. they have the connections that, um, that I don't have, or they have the skills, they have the personality for it or the looks or like they have, they have something I don't. Um, so that has been a misconception for me that there's like classes of women where like some people are meant to, um, do it all and be it all. And then some people aren't and like, I'm just not. And that's okay with me, which is another misconception. So yeah. that I guess that like classes of women where uh-huh. some are successful and some just never will be, um, was a misconception that I had. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, um, really true way of looking at it. And I feel like a lot of women feel that way, especially with social media and stuff like that. Like if you see someone, um, who is like super fit, super healthy, also a successful business owner also has a beautiful family, like has everything. Right. And you're just like, how do you like, even for me, like that's, that's such a misconception for me too, because I'm like, I don't know how you're a successful business owner. You also maintain a really like beautiful family and you're super fit and super healthy. Like how do you do all of those things? Right. It's like such a common misconception on social media because it just looks like, you know, and and we don't know the full picture, right? Like I'm sure those people have, they have help. They have, you know, they, they go to a trainer or they have, you know, help with the kids and stuff like that. Right. And so we don't really see the full picture. So I think that that is a really common misconception that a lot of women and have the other women. And so how, how do you move past that misconception? Yeah. So this has happened for me, like kind of organically and over the last few years, but there's one woman, um, that specifically changed this for me. Um, so it was someone that I had put on a pedestal, the successful mm-hmm. businesswoman um, who appeared and I had never even spoken to her, um, mm-hmm. but from social media and from like what I could see and what I could hear, like she had it all. Um, so she had this beautiful, like just this beautiful life that I was actually envious of. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. I want that, but like, ah, that's not for me. Like I'll never be like, I'll never reach that level. Um, 
So anyways, as as I've been on this self-development journey, I reached out to her and basically said, um, can you mentor me? Like you appear to have it all. Like, can you teach me your ways basically? Uh Um, And I had this picture of like me as this like little student and her like teaching me how to be successful. Um, And she responded with like such love and kindness. And it was the beginning of this really beautiful friendship over time. And she absolutely has like mentored me and taught me and invested in me. Um, But also over time, she has come to me for help. And she has been like, you know a lot about this. Like, can you teach me? Can you like explain this to me? And I was like, whoa. At first I was like, you could learn something from me. Like my mind was blown. But the more time that I've spent with her and she's become such a good friend, I realized that like, you're like, just like me. Like we're all normal. We all have struggles. We all have areas where, um, where we have strengths and areas where we have weaknesses and we all need each other. Like there's no one. And I, and my mind was just blown again and again, as I was like, Oh, like you don't know that. Or you don't like this, like this isn't perfect in your life or that, you know, like as I got to know who she actually was, I was like, Oh, you're like, we're yeah. all in this together. We all need each other. Um, and that was that particular relationship was just so influential for me. Um, but there's been others. Like as I've taken time to get to know women that I once put on a pedestal, mm-hmm. as I really get to know them and get to know their hearts and um, who they actually are, I, it's just so apparent that everyone, we all have more in common than we think. We all can relate yeah. to each other. Everyone is struggling. No one has it all together. You could not have said it better. That is like such the truth. And I think that, you know, for anybody listening, if they find themselves putting other people on a pedestal, maybe try and unpack the reason why, because chances are it really has nothing to do with them. It's kind of like your own insecurities showing up and doing that. And if you actually break it down and think about it, like you said, we're all humans. So I think that it's amazing that you actually reached out to that person and uh, gave yourself that opportunity to see that because a lot of people feel intimidated to do that um, with people that they think are smarter or better off or more successful or whatever. Like it's intimidating for a lot of people. So I think that that is just freaking amazing that you actually decided to do that. Was there something that like, wh- how, why did you decide to do that? Was it because you wanted, like you wanted to kind of unpack why, or you just genuinely looked up to her so much? You just wanted some help. Yeah, it was, um, it was intimidating for me too. Actually, it was yeah. very difficult. Um, and it was part of just my self-development journey and through book. I've read and through getting to know people, just I wanted to be intentional about who I surrounded myself with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought if I want to be successful, like I need to understand women that I believe to be successful and, and what's going on in their heads and who they are and how they got where they are and just wanting to learn. Like I genuinely just wanted to learn from her because she is a very successful businesswoman. And um, so I genuinely like just wanted to learn. So yeah, I think that that was it. It was, it just came from a place of like, it turned out differently than I thought it yeah. would. Yeah, like that's, better. That's it's so interesting. Like, yeah, that you say that because yeah, you you did it with like one intention, but like it actually taught yeah. you such an important lesson, right? Taught me so, so much cool. more, and now I have a beautiful friend as a result of that, right? So, oh, that's amazing. Oh my god, I love that yeah. story so much. That is so cool. Yeah, and yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Anybody listening, like, if you can take anything away from this, it's 
make room in your life with getting rid of things like Lisa saying that do not fulfill you, that make you tired, that make you drained and make room in your life because it's only when you have that room that you can find uh, your true path and that you can, you know, be presented with what you're actually supposed to do and just trust in God, trust in the universe that it will happen for you once you say no to all of the other things in your life. And I think that that is just like the underlying thing. And also, um, you know, if you find yourself putting other women on pedestals, reach out to them and find out just how human they are. Right. And and because most of the time they are going to respond with love and kindness. And I mean, if they don't, they're just, they're not who you thought they were anyways. Right. So, but it doesn't hurt to reach out. Um, and, and it really does humanize it when, like you said, she'll even ask you questions because nobody is smarter than anybody. Um, we just all know different things. Right. And I think that that's the key in collaborating with different minds and different women and and business and stuff. And like, just because, you know, I have a successful bakery business does not mean that I know everything about business. Like I love being part of our, uh, networking group aligned, uh, women that we're in. And, you know, I find so much value and different advice from everybody. And we're all at different stages and all have different, completely different businesses, which is so cool. Um, And there's always something to learn from other people. It doesn't even matter. Like, even if they don't have a business, if they don't have a family, like there's just always something to learn. And if you're always seeking that out, then you won't have those perceptions that anybody is better than anybody else. So I think that's amazing. Okay. So Mm -hmm. five. Final question for you is what is your best piece of advice that you can offer to other women? I would say embrace your womenness. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> I love, I love embrace, words. <laughs> embrace being a woman. Um, it's a beautiful thing. It's unique. It should be cherished and, and celebrated, not just on International Women's Day, but every day mm-hmm. of the year. Embrace being a woman and embrace the women around you. There's a lot of barriers that can, you can look at other women and say like, oh, she, like, I wouldn't get along with her. She's too good for me or she's not good enough for me or whatever it may be but like look at the women around you with love and celebrate their uniqueness as well because we really just all have more in common than we realize and and I believe that I could stop any woman on the street at any time and find a point of connection and find some way that we're the same something that we both value some kind of like good connection in anyone anywhere so um find the women around you and like connect with them truly love them and truly like get to know um the women around you because women are amazing you're just such a beautiful person lisa i love the way that you put things into perspective and you're just so kind and i really love getting to know you and i'm so glad that you came as a guest on the podcast so where can people find you and connect with you yeah, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Tenfold Properties. Um, or my personal Instagram is Lisa Diane Siemens, I think. Actually, I've <laughs> That's okay. Yes, I'm going to link all of your socials in this podcast yes, episode perfect. so people will know where to find you. And Thank I'm sure you, they've loved listening to you. And I'm sure you're going to get lots of people reaching out because you're just such a kind person. Why wouldn't they want to? So thank you, Thank Lisa, you so, Thank much. You so much for having me, Rebecca. 
I appreciate you being a guest on Scrap the Sweet Talk and opening up and sharing your story and struggles. I know that you've inspired so many other people and women, and it was a pleasure to have you. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye.